Welcome to the Hanu Health Podcast, where our mission is to help you to breathe better and stress less. On this show, we discuss a variety of topics and provide practical suggestions for improving health and well-being. However, none of the education, tips, and tricks provided should be taken as medical advice. Your medical doctor is your best bet if you have medical questions. Also, on this podcast, we interview numerous guests from diverse backgrounds, interests, and may carry some unique ideas. Hanu Health as a company does not endorse all statements provided by guests or condone all suggestions or protocols discussed. We just like hearing about cool people doing rad and new things. So sit back, relax, breathe, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, what's going on? We're back at it. Another episode of Hanu Health. It's another HRV Q&A. Fan favorite. I know I sound like a broken record, but this is always the fan favorite for some reason. You guys like asking questions about your low HRV, thinking that you're going to die or have a heart attack. And then I get to uh, come in and play the hero and tell you that that's not the case. You're not going to die. And there's really not a lot to worry about on that end. So we're going to answer questions about that. There's actually a question about, am I going to have a heart attack? on today's Q&A episode. So I just thought I'd throw in that little uh, teaser for you, if you will. But we just uh, changed the clocks. It's crazy. Um, it, we do this every year, right? Because we're you know very smart, intelligent people who like to switch things up and blockade our circadian rhythm for you know a week or so. But it's always fun to adjust, right? It's one of those things that um, every single year, it's like I have people asking me about strategies for how do I mitigate the negative effects of the time change, to which I always say, light, food, water, these are actually the three things that I use a lot. So follow our, if you're interested in kind of like these more kind of hacking of our biology, maybe you call them biohacks, maybe you just call them, you know, being a health optimizer, follow our Instagram page, Facebook page, Twitter feed, if anybody ever uses Twitter anymore. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. People use Twitter? I don't know. Let me know. I post on Twitter so that I can take the small kind of like tidbits, the whatever it is, 180 characters. Is that right? I don't know. That sounds wrong. Maybe it sounds right. I don't know. And then I take the picture and I throw that into Instagram and it's an easy way to spread education on HRV without having to do a fancy spancy photo. Yeah. Oh, well, let me know if you like that. At Dr. J. Wiles at Hanu Health. Follow us and you can get all the uh, tips and tricks. So we're going to jump in today's Q&A, but prior to that, I want to let you know that we are in the full, full swing of taking pre-orders for the Hanu wearable device, an all-out stress solution. So if you have not seen what we're building, go on to hanuhealth.com or you can go to hanuhealth.com slash pre-order if you're just ready to pull the trigger on this guy. But we are creating the most comprehensive an extensive means of all-day stress monitoring and all-day stress coaching. It is like having a stress monitor and radar on your body at all times that's scanning the environment, that uh, looking at all aspects related to your stress response. And then when we identify or you identify that things are a little bit off-kilter, What do we do? We train through HRV biofeedback, resonance frequency feedback and or biofeedback, breath work, oxygen advantage training. All these things are included in this package that we have built in this beautiful sleek device 
alongside some of the best software, I would say the best software you're going to find in the HRV biofeedback space and breathwork space. Like It is just an incredible package that again, acts as that all day stress monitor and that all day stress coach wherever you go. So if you want a wearable that's really intended to be used throughout the day, unlike a lot of wearables, I mean, there's great fitness wearables like, you know, Whoop and, you know, uh, Garmin, like I'm showing to my YouTube followers here. There's a lot of great devices like that um, who are monitoring recovery and performance. But if you want one that watches you all day and then checks your HRV, checks your heart rate, checks your respiration rate, checks all these other variables into this composite stress resiliency score and then gives you feedback, hanuhealth.com is the way to go. And remember, the pre-order special is a 40% off discount. So it takes the device that's normally $299 and brings it down all the way to $180, 40% off. And then we give you a bunch of other cool goodies. Number one is the ability to only have to put $29 down, fully refundable, saves your spot. It will, cap, it will capture the rest of your money off your credit card when it comes time to ship. But we're also going to give you a $150 valued gift box if you're one of the first 1,000 people to order or pre-order, I should say, we're going to give you a $150 valued gift box that will send to you along with your device and access to the software on your applica- or application on your phone. And then you also get entered in to win the potential to potentially win, I should say, a one-on-one, one-hour coaching session with none other than our advisor, Ben Greenfield, which is a crazy value. So Ben Greenfield potential, you're going to get a gift box. You're going to get it 40% off. We'll never run a deal that is this good ever again. So lock that in, hanuhealth.com. So excited to get you guys this device in July or August of this year. And everything points to that schedule being right, right in place and with really no delays as of yet. I'm knocking on wood over here on my desk to make sure that we can continue uh, to hold on to that. So again, hanuhealth.com. So excited to get that to you all. All right, let's jump into the HRV Q&A. You know, I love these questions that are submitted by you, the listener, because it shows us a lot of what you guys are interested in. It also helps to, and I'm, I'm saying this, you know, without uh, putting anybody down, it shows that there continues to be a fair amount of myth and misconception around heart rate variability. And so one of the things that I love doing as a subject matter expert in psychophysiology and heart rate variability is to be able to provide you with feedback on uh, on what should and what shouldn't be asked. And it's not like something shouldn't be asked. It's that there are a lot of things that are informing the questions that you're asking that is a little bit more on the misinformed side. So my goal here is just to provide really good education as I just like spit a bunch across my, uh, to my computer. And I'm glad all that you're listening to the podcast, um, you, you don't care. And the ones who watched it on YouTube probably saw that big string of spit. Anyway, uh, back to reality is that I, I want to provide the best education so that you can use this information practically and that you don't get stressed out about HRV uh, because then your HRV is going to lower. And I always kind of say that joke, but it's true. Like the more anxious you become about HRV, the more you think about HRV, a lot of times we see HRV drop. We see this in biofeedback, actually. 
is that a lot of times when people do not engage in like a passive volition, just allowing it to passively happen, but they're just staring at their phone or they're staring at, you know, whatever it may be, or they're concentrating really hard and they're not engaged in like good mindful awareness of their breathing is that HRV can go down, even if they're pacing their breathing well. And that's something that we're building into the app is really helping you, helping to coach you on this front so that indeed you do not have to worry or or we refocus you from worrying on this idea of kind of being so concentrated on moving the numbers. And that has to do with neuroticism and performance. And we see this again in a lot in high performers, but we're going to work with you on it. And that's again, what the podcast is for as well as the educational p- component. We're putting out a lot of great content on the website as well. So hanuhealth.com and go there to pre-order obviously, but you could also access our blog, which we call the wave, which we're going to be producing so much content over the course of the you know upcoming yeah, months, really, maybe weeks. So anyway, let's jump on in. So if if this is your first time listening to the HRV Q&A, basically the way that it works is you can submit a question to us on all things HRV, stress resiliency, stress, anxiety, breath work, whatever it may be. And if we answer your question here live on air, you just reach out to us, info at hanuhealth.com. Let us know, hey, this is my name. You read my question. Here's my address and we'll send you a cool Hanu Health gear package with like a signed copy of Atomic Focus from our co-host, Patrick McCune, Oxygen Advantage, crazy. We'll send you some mouth tape. We'll send you some other goodies like stickers and a bottle and all these cool things. So submit your question. If we answer it live on air, boom, we'll send you all those free goodies. I have three really great questions. And one of the things that I'm going to try to do, um, just because I think that it tends to work well, is I'm going to answer all three questions today. And I'm going to do so in as pithy and as a potent as manner as I can. So I'm going to try not to drone on and on about these. But the thing is, is I get excited about these topics. So people ask questions and then I want to rush into, you know, a thousand different responses or types of pathways for responses that I can give. And so sometimes, yeah, they rabbit trail. Um, uh, I, I don't know if people like that or or dislike that, but I'm going to try to be a little bit more pithy and potent, as I like to say, uh, here on this on this first podcast or, or on this uh, Q and A podcast. All right, let's jump into it. Question number one. This comes from Mitch. Mitch asks, "I've always had a low HRV, and I've heard that it can indicate that I'm at risk for a heart attack. What can I do in order to help with this?" Well. Mitch, I I like your question because it kind of goes back to the first thing that I was talking about today is that there's a bit of a a level of misunderstanding, misconception, uh, myth in regards to what HRV is telling us and or can tell us and what it is not or cannot tell us. But also too, uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to point out in this podcast. And if you're a longtime listener of, of mine or the Hanu Health podcast or any other podcast that I've done, you know, in any other channels, is that I always like to hone in on specific aspects of questions and thoughts that people provide that I need to dispel and I do so really quickly. So the first thing that I want to dispel is this notion of I've always had a quote unquote low HRV, end quote. What does that mean? And I've talked about this again in so many podcasts, but we have to remember that low is always relative. So if you're saying that you have a low HRV, 
my guess is, is that you're not speaking relative to your own numbers. My guess is that you're probably speaking in a normative comparison to other people that you've seen. Maybe that's a influencer. Maybe that's what you, something you heard on a podcast. Maybe this is kind of your own notion that you believe for some reason that it's low. And it, what's really interesting, again, is that there are so many metrics, and I've had this question before, there's so many metrics that we do compare to others, right? So cholesterol numbers, blood pressure, BMI, these are all normative comparative numbers that we have. Um, and, the, and, and that's great. The problem is, is that HRV doesn't really work that way for the most part. There are some aspects of HRV that, that can work, but for the most part, that does not. HRV is really a number that is a proxy. It's data. It's information. It's a proxy to the functionality at any given moment of our autonomic nervous system uh, and human stress response. And it's also a great index of recovery of your nervous system. The problem arises is when people begin to compare to others and refer to their numbers as low. Now, can you have a low HRV? Yes. Can you have a high HRV? Yes. What does low and high mean? Low and high means relative to your baseline. So let's use easy math. Don't take this for anything other than easy math. Let's say somebody has an HRV of 50, and we find that their normal range is between 30 and 60. We cut it down the middle, average of 50. Again, I'm just using easy math here. What is low for them? Anything under 30. What is high for them? Anything over 60. In between 30 and 60 is within their normal range. Now, let's do some more, and dip, but different math. Say somebody's HRV is 20, and their low range, or where it ranges from, starts at 10, and it goes as high as 30. If, if, what is low for this individual? Is it because their HRV is 20? No. Their HRV goes below 10, that's low for them. High for them would be over 30. Simple math. Same thing if we did 100 and we did a you know a range from 80 to you know 110 or whatever we put it at. You know, I was saying 90 to 110 if you're 100. I mean, again, that's not uh, up or down, uh, upper below or above 10 is you know not what I'm trying to say is your normative range. Everybody's it varies and it varies on context, time of day. It's there's a lot of things that factor into it. But let's just change this notion of I have a 20, you know, millisecond RMS SD value in my aura ring there or my Hanu, let's say, therefore I'm low. That's not the case. That's not how this works. And so we really have to dispel this notion of low. Low is relative to your baseline, period. Um, that's it. So then let's open up this other point that Mitch asks. So I've always heard that I have a quote unquote low HRV. I'm assuming he just is again saying low compared to others he's talked to. And I've heard that it can indicate that I'm at risk for a heart attack. What can I do in order to help with this? So at risk for a heart attack. Okay. So Within the field of cardiology, so a clinical field of util the utilization of HRV, HRV is a metric that can sometimes be utilized to categorize uh, the health status of the cardiovascular system 
after a myocardial infarction, and there's good research behind this. Now, it's not used nearly as much today as it even has been. We have just so much high-fidelity and granular ways of measuring risk for cardiovascular disease and potential myocardial infarction that HRV is still continues to be a metric, but it's a metric among metrics. So when you hear about people having heart attacks, and then you hear about HRV in conjunction, it is typically just utilized to categorize where somebody is either considered in the healthy range, compromised, or like at a at risk. And this is typically used with the SDNN marker over with the utilization of a Holter monitor, which is like a 24 to 48 hour um, ECG or EKG. And we use SDNN as the main biometric, so not RMS SD. So we're, we're not comparing kind of those numbers. RMSSD is almost always going to be uh, lower than SDNN. And the reason is because SDNN is a calculation of the total amount of variability, whereas RMSSD is a calculation that is utilized to look at variability um, in between successive interbeat intervals. So it's not looking at total variability. It's really a mainly a marker of parasympathetic function or output. So that's why we use RMSSD. SDNN is actually another great marker, but it, the research has typically only used it, uh, not only, but for the most part used it within a 24-hour framework. We actually know, Marco Altini put out a great report and review about the utility of SDNN as a short-term measurement, um, but we're gaining more you know, and more research on that front. So is an a, does HRV alone provide us of an indication that you're at risk for a heart attack, whether it's SDNN that you're looking at over 24 hours or uh, looking at uh, RMSSD in short term, like over you know night or over the span of two to five minutes when you're taking it in the morning, is it a good indicator of risk for heart attack? And the answer is alone, simply, the answer is no. It is not a great indicator. There are so many confounding variables that are included that are responsible for the score that is HRV output. And so taking it alone and saying that I am therefore at risk for X, Y, and Z, throw a heart attack in there, throw you know, stroke in there, it's not that type of metric. It could potentially be used in conjunction with a lot of other things, things like blood work, looking at blood panels, looking at lipid panels, uh, looking at cardiac output, um, where uh, there's so many different things that could be utilized that, no, this is not a great metric to say I have a low HRV and now I'm looking at t- to see if whether or not, you know, it's, I'm at risk for a heart attack. It's, it's just not that. That's not what HRV, um, it, that's not what HRV's utility um, is utilized for. It's a double. Uh, but that's, uh, so, so I hope that answers it. You know, and, and then last part of Mitch's question, what can I do in order to help with this? Um, one would be to understand what HRV is used for and what it is not. So I just provided that explanation, you know, for the last whatever, 10 minutes or so. So that's one thing to do. And if you are interested in learning how to better regulate HRV, then that should be the goal, right? The goal should be, (coughs) how can I use, excuse me, how can I use HRV as a mechanism for engaging in autonomic control? And when we say autonomic control, we mean volitional control over our nervous system, the ability to modulate the gas pedal and the brake pad at will simultaneously 
uh, complementary to one another, uh, antagonistically or one at a time to know how to do that. Um, and that can be done through many mechanisms that we talk about on this podcast, one of which I will share here in just a few minutes. So hopefully that answers your question, Mitch. Um, I know there's a lot of misunderstandings around what HRV can provide us. And then also just knowing where we fall um, uh, in terms of low, high, you know, middle, it's all relative. Um, and again, the one thing that I love saying about HRV, and I get this from Marco Altini, is that normal is better. Normal is better in the field of HRV. All right, great question. Let's go to question number two, which comes from Cindy. And what Cindy asks is, I have been working on trying to be more active with breathwork and HRV training. I think Hanu will be a huge source of encouragement and accountability for me. It's a great part of that question. Love that. Where is a good place to start in this part of my journey? I like this question because the first thing I thought of when I read this question, the reason why I included it in, in this podcast was because we're talking about where do we start in creating habits? There's a great book by James Clear, uh, who it's, and most people have heard of this book by now. Great podcast that he did with Peter Atia as well. I think he's, James Clear might have been on Rogan, if I remember correctly as well, which I'm sure was a great podcast. But James Clear's book is referred to, or it's called Atomic Habits. And it's uh, Atomic Habits is referring to how can we make these really small atomic you know, size of an atom, small, small changes in our habits that can make, that can reap tremendous results. And one of the key concepts that he talks about within Atomic Habits is this idea of acting like who you want to become, taking on that part of you as your identity of who you want to become. So, People who are, and it's, it could be just as much as language being changed initially that can make a huge impact. So people who say, I want to be a meditator could say that I'm trying to be a meditator as opposed to I am a meditator. Um, I'm actively working as a meditator. Uh, it's these types of small atomic uh, changes in identity that can be extremely helpful in habit formation. One of the other things is, is that when people start engaging in a behavior, a lot of times there are certain personality sets, I should say, I'm one of them, who like to take a deep headfirst dive into things. They say like, I'm kind of all or nothing. I'm in it or I'm not in it. And they may say like, I'm going to be a meditator, which means that I'm going to meditate every single day without you know fail for 30 minutes. I'm going to meditate for a solid 30 minutes. Now, what's the churn rate on that? So basically, it's like, what's the level of attrition? How many people start that and then epically fail because they can't sustain that? And the answer is many, if not most, if not almost all. It's not a lot of people who can do that. The same goes in breathwork and HRV biofeedback, right? I know that the research is very clear that if you want to get the most ample benefit of HRV biofeedback, it's practicing twice a day for 25 minutes. So we're talking about 50 minutes of breathing and HRV biofeedback practice. Now, what percentage of 100 people that start that or try that are going to actually engage in 50 minutes a day? And especially if you split it up into two 25-minute sessions, the answer is not a lot. Um, I would say that 
greater than 95% of people are going to fall off that bandwagon pretty, pretty soon. So then what is a good way to start? Well, it's to make our habit small first. If we want to engage in something that is becomes habitual, a part of our routine, we bring it as a part of our, our identity where I'm somebody who works on my stress resiliency. I'm, I am a breathwork practitioner. I am an HRV biofeedback practitioner. That's a good way to frame our identity. But then the other component that I really like here is starting small. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes a day, 50 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be five minutes a day. It could just be that each day I'm starting with 30 seconds or I'm starting with a minute. I love, I mean, a lot of people who've listened to me, have heard me talk about Dan Harris's uh, notion of meditating for one second. And if you meditate for one second and you feel like you want more, go for it. If you meditate for one second, you feel like oh, today's just not the day, then maybe take a break and come back to it later. I love this notion for HRV biofeedback with Hanu. And I love this notion of, uh, of, uh, of, of it working within the context of breathwork as well. So that's actually what I want you to do. If you buy our device in Hanu, it's not to say, oh, well now I'm dedicated to 25 minutes, twice a day of practice. Like I, I don't really want you to do that. What I actually want you to do is dedicate 30 seconds, maybe just checking in one time a day on this. Uh, I think you're going to find a lot of utility in utilizing it and practicing with it all throughout the day, but I don't need you to do it initially. So for Cindy, if you want to become more active in breathwork and HRV biofeedback training, set the bar pretty low for you. Set the bar at, I'm just going to do it for one minute each day. Maybe it's at the start of my day. Maybe it's at the end of my day. It's during my lunch break. Just start there. I do agree. I think Hani will be a huge source of accountability and encouragement. I mean, we're going to alert you when we see some signs of things being a little bit off in your nervous system. Um, but a good place to start, especially if you're looking to actively engage in practice, is just to set aside 30 seconds to a minute initially and just practice it. And then when you feel like you're really strengthening that breath work or that HRV biofeedback muscle, then extend the time. Maybe it becomes two minutes. Maybe it comes three. Maybe you get up to five minutes in a session. But there's no need for you to try to say, I'm going to establish this pattern of behavior that is 30 minutes. There are some people who can do that. And I'm not knocking it if you if you can do that. And that's a part of like your personality and your ability and your, your skill set. That, that's great. Like good on you. Um, I want people to do like the best training is the one that you do, right? And this is a, a term that's used a lot, but I don't think it's overused because I think it's true. And so Patrick and I talk about this all the time. So Cindy, I would strongly just encourage you. Yes. Use Hanu. Like it's great, but also too, like for me, like it's just a matter of saying, I'm going to set aside 30 seconds. Here's one thing that I do every single day. And this is just a personal anecdote. I love doing this. In my car, I have my Hanu on and I, I will put my phone. So I've got my phone right here. I'll put my phone like up on the, the dash on the little phone holder up there. More like when I have GPS up and I'll put the Hanu app up there. Uh, be careful kids. And I'll keep it on to where it like, it doesn't turn off and you know, it's tracking HRV while I'm driving. It's tracking my heart rate. I'm looking at my stress resiliency score change and uh, I won't start necessarily a, a guided practice. You could do that, but what I'll do is I'll actually use a relaxator. I'll put the relaxator as uh, made by um, Anders Olson. I'll put it in my mouth. I turn my resistance. I normally do about four and a half or so. And I will breathe um, 
with that thing on for the entire duration of my commute. The reason that I do that is because sometimes pacing breathing while driving is a little bit distracting because I'm trying to follow a pacer, whereas this kind of this device kind of just paces it for you. Not a huge like advocate of exhaling out of the mouth. It's okay. It's fine. I like the nose. It's just more comfortable for me. I like the resistance that it creates. It just uh, feels better subjectively. Uh, I'll put that in my mouth <coughs> and I'll drive the entire commute. I live about 25 minutes away from here, my office and our studio. And I will just breathe the entire time. HRV always goes up significantly. It's a great way to you know, reduce the stress throughout my drive. But that's a habit that I've formed. And even if I don't have any other dedicated breathwork practice, I always have something that I'm doing when I'm in the car alone. Like if I'm with my wife or kids, a lot of times I won't, I won't do that. But in to and from work, podcast, Hanu health app, you know, in on my dash, watching my data. And then I'm breathing with the relaxator. It's incredible. So just find what works for you. Now, I think it's really good. And if you're just wondering, um, if you've pre-ordered the Hanu device, you're going to get one of those relaxators. Yeah, it's in the box. So that's really cool. All right, Cindy, great question. Small atomic steps create these atomic habits. Excellent. Last question for the day. Again, I told you it's going to be pithy and potent on this one. Paul asks, this is such a good question. All right. What do you think about devices that claim to raise your HRV? Is that possible? I'll repeat that one. What do you think about devices that claim to raise your HRV? Is that possible? All right. Okay. This is an, a really interesting one because HRV is such a hot topic right now, right? Like everybody's talking about HRV. Everybody wants to raise their HRV. Everybody wants to do HRV training. And these are all great topics of discussion. It's built into all the wearables. I mean, heck, we built a wearable that's based on the notion of helping you to train resiliency through using HRV and heart rate as your proxy. Like we get it. It's out there. There are a lot of companies that claim to help raise your HRV through the utilization of their technology or whatever, you know, product they provide. And I always, so let me give you my take as a HRV scientist, researcher, clinician, someone who's board certified in this area. Whenever I hear any type of technology that claims to raise HRV, my immediate, my immediate thought, and this might be the skepticism that comes with being, you know, a cynical scientist. My immediate thought is prove it. Don't believe you. You got to prove it, which I think is a, is a really good mindset. Honestly, it's the scientific mindset, right? It's like, until you can show me uh, data, quality data, um, I don't believe it. So I am not going to spend any time right now naming any single device. I will not mention any any device that's making any type of active claims. There's not just one. There's a bunch out there that are making active claims that they can raise HRV. I always follow up with show me the data. And I do not want data that says we had, you know, 10 participants uh, who are collecting, you know, data, you know, internally or whatever. And it's, you know, not published. It's just information that's just kind of thrown out of there. I'm like, okay, interesting. I'm open-minded, but I'm skeptical. For me, I want to see hard evidence and hard data. Here's the cool thing about Hanu 
is that, yes, we're going to have our own level of market research, um, efficacy data, university-based studies for HANU. But what HANU is built on is it's built on HRV biofeedback research that has been established for decades among decades among decades. Just so you know, if you hear that humming out there, it's like construction that's super annoying and I can barely think. They're like right out my window and we're like six, no, five stories up. Anyway, sorry if you hear that on the microphone, but it is what it is. HRV biofeedback has decades among decades among decades of research demonstrating the efficacy for reductions in things like stress, anxiety, depression, helping with PTSD, helping with IBS, helping with all these different areas because the main underlying function of HRV biofeedback is to engage the parasympathetic nervous system, help to better control the output of both the parasympathetic nervous system and sympathetic nervous system, but also help to regulate things like blood pressure, heart rate, and then obviously heart rate variability. So all of these things are interconnected, but what has been found on a clinical level in high level blue ribbon peer reviewed journal articles to be effective in all of these areas and be a wonderful, I mean, a wonderful adjunctive to traditional psychotherapy like CBT or interpersonal therapy or anything kind of along that end. It is found to be a wonderful, wonderful complementary adjunctive, but also quite effective in its own right in and of itself. So that is what our platform is built on. So can we claim to help you raise HRV? We can claim that as far as Hanu goes right off the bat. But I always say that that's not our intention. Our point isn't to create a product that helps you to quote unquote, raise your HRV. I'll be honest with you. That's clickbait, clickbait. You see something that says, I can help you raise our HRV. Well, that would indicate that you might be afraid that you have low HRV. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm not going to you know, beat a dead horse here. But you have to ask your question is, why are these companies saying we can help you increase your HRV by X percent or whatever it may be? Um, a lot of times it's clickbait. So my question to these companies a lot of times, especially when I've consulted them, are where's your peer-reviewed journal research? Let me see how this research study was done. This is an internal study of you know a couple people within a company who are like, hey, we tested out this way. Not impressed. If this is a company that says we have peer-reviewed uh, you know, research that has been published, let's see it. Like I'm excited. Like that's cool. I want companies to be able to help you modulate your autonomic nervous system. Uh, in active or passive ways. We're an active way of doing it. Um, we, we use breath work and HRV biofeedback as an active practice. There are a lot of companies that claim to be able to do it passively. And if you have data, that's great. If you don't, then I really worry about it being a great marketing ploy. So what do I think about devices that claim to raise our HRV? I'm always, 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 always skeptical. I'm always going to be skeptical of that. Uh, I want to see the data. I want to see the research. I want to see the information. And if it's there, then I'm going to be super excited and I'm going to share it with you. If it's not, and I think that there's something a little bit fishy, scammy, um, you know, clickbaity going on, then I'll mention that too. My, my whole point is to not rag on any other company, uh, but my but I am going to question people's marketing strategies when they're playing on this idea that people are nervous about having quote unquote low HRV. 
And now we're going to give them something to kind of help with that. Like a lot of people buy into that stuff. And I get really nervous because some of these things that people are pushing are quite expensive. I wouldn't say they're necessarily dangerous or anything, but they're expensive. And so why not shift your money and buy something that has been demonstrated over decades among decades among decades of peer-reviewed Blue Ribbon Journal article publications to be effective in helping you with regulating autonomic control, which utilizes a proxy of heart rate variability. All right. So that's it. Uh, those are the questions we got it done in like what, 35, 40 minutes or so. Um, so you know, I wanted to make this kind of a quick pithy potent, you guys are like, stop saying that word, uh, those words. Uh, I just want to make it a quick mm, HRV Q and a that you guys could take something practical from. So great questions. Again, if you want to submit your question to us, it's hanuhealth.com actually info at hanuhealth.com. Uh, you can also reach out on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever. Just send us a DM and say, I've got a question for you know Jay or Jay and Patrick, and we will be so excited to answer it. Uh, last thing that I'm going to ask you to do is if you ha- really enjoy this podcast, the greatest way to help us out and to reach more followers is to go over to uh, Apple, to iTunes, to Apple Podcasts, actually, I think is what it's called. Give us a five-star review, write it. And it, it, it write a five-star review. If you do that and we read your review on air during Patrick and I's Q&A, then we're going to send you an amazing gift box that I've already mentioned. Like the, all the Mitch, Cindy, and Paul might be able to get if they just reach out to us. Um, then I might, we will give it to them now reach out to us. Uh, but yeah, send us your, uh, your five-star review. And if we read it on air, then we'll send you a amazing gift package that you're going to love and enjoy. All right, everybody. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Again, remember hanuhealth.com. You can get that pre-order in the pre-order special is not going to last forever. It's only for the first 1000 customers. And once it's gone, it's gone. And it is the best deal that we're ever going to offer. That's all I can say about that. All right, everybody, you have a wonderful day. We'll check you out later. Make sure that you're breathing better, stressing less with whole Hanu. All right, everybody, take care. Thanks for listening to the Hanu Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast would not happen without listeners and supporters like you. And the best way to support us and the show is to head on over to iTunes and provide us with a five-star review. This helps us reach others and spread the good word of breathing and stress resiliency. If we read your five-star review on air, please reach out to podcast at hanuhealth.com with your name and mailing address, and we will send you some sweet Hanu gear. Until next time, breathe better and stress less.